the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Thursday the 30th, and you're tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha is out for the morning, but that doesn't mean I am alone in the studio because I think there's more people in here than have ever been in here at this point. Uh, but joining me in studio, getting ready to talk about putting for the panhandle. Uh, it is uh, Carrie um, Goodwin, Lauren Epperly, and Cody Eckenrode. How are y'all doing this morning? Doing well. Absolutely. Very well. So uh, so tell me about this putting for the panhandle, because I was telling you a little bit uh, before we got started that when I started down here, it was kind of right when this was uh, the event was happening last year. And as a golfer, I guess I can call myself, uh, I hear putting for the panhandle and I'm immediately interested. So what is putting for the panhandle? Whoever wants to take it. Um, well, this is a fundraiser for Panhandle Home Health. So we are a skilled nursing and therapy agency that provides home or healthcare services in your home. Um, we also operate as a nonprofit. Um, we've been part of the community for 46 years. And so this fundraiser has been going on for the last 14 years. Um, it helps us raise money for our charity care patients and also um, just things that we need to supplement as far as like continuing education, um, certifications for our nursing staff. Sometimes we need... Um, just supplies for our patients mm-hmm. or our nursing staff. So it just it just brings in a lot of added benefit to our agency. So how big was, um, you know, with COVID, and I guess you can kind of say that we're out of COVID now, even though I feel like it's never really going to go anywhere at this uh, point in time. But with, you know, COVID and the different restrictions, how was that, how did that affect, you know, home health and kind of your way going about things? Um, well, you know, the it was very far and wide reaching. Um, our agency definitely... Um, had a, a roller coaster ride there for a while, um, just being able to serve our patients and keep everyone safe. Um, but I'm happy to say that, you know, um, we always maintained a very high level of care and, and we're able to kind of get through it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that that was definitely a strain on a couple different ways. But with, you know, being Panhandle Home Health, you got to be, you know, face to face with people as much as you can, uh, even though I feel like people did a pretty good job with the remote, you know, calling in and home health and things like that. Yeah, it was definitely challenging for sure. Um, and, and one of the things that, um, that came out of it was this, this is now our major fundraiser for our agency. We used to have, um, two events per year. Um, but we've, we've scaled it back to just this one outdoor event where we can keep everybody, um, socially distanced. Um, and so this is our, our major fundraiser for our organization. So Definitely looking for support. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Lauren, we'll move over to you next. Uh, are you the avid golfer of the group? Or are you going to be out there, you know, hitting these putts for everybody? 
I will be out there. Um, I'm not an avid golfer, but I'll compete at anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been involved with the committee for probably five or six years now. I've lost count at this point. Um, I started as a golfer, um, joined the committee a few years later, and have since become co-chair with Jared. And, you know, I'm I'm just very passionate about this organization. Um, They helped my family tremendously. Well, can you talk about that at all? Sure. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of people hear, oh, it's a great organization. It helps people I know, but they don't hear firsthand experiences. So I'm more than happy to share. Um, In 2006, my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer that ultimately spread to her brain. Um, It was a long three-year battle um, of everything we went through. The most challenging was her recovery after brain surgery. Um, It with sparing all the the details, yeah. um, it was definitely a strain on the family. And a nurse, um, we called her an angel named Alice from Panhandle Home Health, came in and helped us tremendously. Um, she honestly saved our yeah. our mental health. Because right, as much as you it, want to be there and help all the time, I mean, you still have things that you have to you know take care of in your day to day. So having somebody you know like an angel named Alice come in is is more than you know helpful and helping us navigate things we didn't know how to deal with Mm -hmm. absolutely so you said you've been on the chair for a while how big you know is this uh how big is panhandle home health uh you know for the community how big of an impact do you think they've made uh, since you've at least been a part of it i can't even fathom you know how expansive the reach has been i mean the amount of money that we've raised in the years i've been on the community or on the committee is absolutely astonishing so very cool very cool and then, uh, also cody uh, eckenrod is with us now i'm going to say judging by the polo that you're wearing it's a nice golf polo that uh, you are maybe the putter or the golfer of the group here today they said i was yeah they said <laughs> i don't know about that being true but so try so tell us a little bit about putting for the panhandle itself about the event what can people kind of expect uh, well, I'll speak to that. So uh, as far as the golf itself, uh, I, I know when I first joined the committee, it was it was to, it was to support other people in the organization that I w- had relationships with. Um, there were a number of people there that I knew that were clients, and uh, I'm born and raised in Martinsburg and own uh, uh, an insurance agency locally here. So it was a way that I could give back and support this organization, and I didn't know so much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been involved since the very beginning, and I, I can tell you it's it's been an amazing way to uh, to to stretch your dollars, make them go far. Yeah. Um, as Lauren described, it's an amazing uh, organization in so many ways, and, and in many ways, families, um, individuals, this is could be the most challenging time of their lives, right? And they need that support and care. So, as far as golf goes, um, it's if you're a golfer and you think putt-putt may just not be up to my standard of golf i challenge you to come out and experience this putt-putt course oh yeah it is uh it's a it's a very um fun test a very difficult challenge and i'll be out there to encourage and root you on but it is a it's a lot of fun and i would encourage everybody who's a golfer to come out participate of course if you're not as well yeah we want everyone but um for those golfers that don't think that uh, it's it's enough of a challenge. It's yeah. very tough. Well, like you said, I mean, kind of expanding on Panhandle Home Health itself. I mean, uh, like Lauren was saying, there's some things that you just don't know about that you're not ready for that you know Panhandle Home Health is ready for and they know about and they can you know 
get you to where you need to be, and it kind of takes it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. and then you can put the pressure back on when you're trying to hit a putt for uh, a <laughs> putt for the panhandle, that's right? That's the truth. That's the truth. Have you uh, have you ever watched? Have you guys ever seen the uh, videos of the putt putt masters that happens down in uh, I think it's Myrtle Beach that they do it. So it's this super nice little putt putt course, but it looks incredibly hard. I mean, you think putt putt like you were saying, you think putt putt. You know, I can go do that at the beach, and I'll sit there with my nephews and my you know kids and just waste a couple of hours. But this is going to be a little bit of a ta- of a challenge, isn't it? Yes. Uh, from what I saw, that hole in one on every hole is what they expect. Yeah. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, those those, those players are incredible. Are incredible. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you see a lot a lot of that out at our event. Right. But, uh, I would hope not. My yeah, yeah. No. The uh, uh, several hole in ones. It's a good time. A lot of cheering. A lot of having fun. And, uh, and most importantly, supporting a great organization. Amazing. But still some friendly competition, which is yeah. why Cody knows I'm coming for him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Lauren's so is already, this the rivalry here? Yeah, she she made it a rivalry this year, so she's she definitely says she's coming for us. Well, I made sure to bring an old putter of mine and some uh, golf balls in, so maybe we have to do one each here uh, once we go to break and see you know who at least can hold the WEPM title out of the two of you uh, for best putter. But uh, Carrie, I want to bring you back in a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit more uh, about the specifics for the 14th annual putting for the Panhandle? Well, the competition takes place out at JD's Family Fun Center. Um, so huge thank you to Terry Hess and family for supporting this event and letting us use their course, which I believe, now that you mention it, is like a certified uh, putt-putt course. I think really? you can qualify for the competition the um, <laughs> if, you, if you play out there at JD's. I didn't know uh, that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so um, it's just been a, a wonderful relationship with um, JDs and letting us come out there and um, host this tournament every year. We have some great sponsors this year, thanks to McGinney's. They're our premier sponsor um, this year, and we appreciate their support. And we've also got um, a lot of other great sponsors already signed up. We do have availability for um, more teams to, to enter and come out and play. Absolutely. And so- it's on September 15th. There you go. And just a reminder, this is also a really fun event. We're going to have really good food. We're going to have music. We're going to have prizes to win, to bid on. Um, And also, you don't have to waste a whole day. So you can come in the morning and play. We're going to have two different flights. So if you don't already have a team in, you can play in the morning wave, still get to work in the afternoon or maybe Mm. work in the morning. Isn't the reason to go play golf during a work day is so you don't have to go back? Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, look, we're going to have our radio stations there. We're going to be playing music. It's going to be a really, really fun day of fellowship and of um, raising money for a really good cause and a really good organization here in, in the Panhandle. So I'm looking through some of the pictures here um, at panhandlehomehealth.org uh, where you can find out, again, some of the more specific information about punting for Panhandle. But I'm looking at some pictures here. So my kind of weird thing with golf, and it's probably why I don't go to very many nice golf courses, is that the golf dress code, I don't necessarily get along with very well. So is that, I got to ask, is that uh, is there any kind of a golf dress code for putt for panhandle? There is not. Okay. We at one point actually had a best dress team award. So we've seen some really interesting things I don't hate that. and encourage you to show your personality. Cool. Yeah, it's the collared shirts. I, can't, I just can't get down with the collared shirts. Or maybe it's because I don't know anything other than jeans. 
jean pants or shorts. So that doesn't really uh, bode well either. But unfortunately, we do have to be getting to our first break of the day. Uh, but thank you all for coming in and talking about putting for the Panhandle. It seems like such a cool event. Uh, I'm glad that I think I'm on the team this year for the radio station. So we'll see. Hopefully, I can uh, pull my weight a little bit. Qualifying is still underway. I would say you've seen me putt in person under pressure, and it's not that good. So maybe I won't quite make the cut. Uh, but thank you all for coming in this morning. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And stick around for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving us Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner with you. Marsh is out for the morning, and if you missed it before the break... We were talking about putting for the Panhandle with some of the folks from Panhandle Home Health. And uh, this sounds like such a cool event. And uh, I look forward to it every year. Well, I guess the last two years now that I'm around here. But uh, it's going to be pretty neat. Now, it's happening September 15th. Still got some time if you want to sign up, if you want to be a sponsor, if you just want to put a team together. It's on September 15th at JD's Family Fun Center, uh, 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. at tea time. So uh, you don't got to miss work if you don't have to. And it doesn't take up your whole day. There's going to be prizes, fun, food. Seems like it's going to be a pretty good time. And I was looking at some of the pictures. You don't got to dress up, which is nice, especially for me, because uh, I do not, like I was saying, don't get along with golf course etiquette dress code very well, that's for sure. But you don't got to dress up if you don't need to, if you don't want to. You got a commemorative t-shirt waiting on you, and this golf course looks super nice. We were talking about the uh, Putt-Putt Masters a little bit during that, too. And this is a course that you can qualify for, which... I think I might have to try out at some point in time. Can you imagine saying uh, somebody comes up to you, say, hey, what'd you do this past summer? I was like, well, I went down to Myrtle Beach. I was like, oh, what'd you do down to Myrtle? Like, well, I was in the Putt-Putt Masters. Because I qualified for it out of JD. So I think that sounds pretty neat. But in statewide news and really national news, uh, the state of West Virginia lost a pretty big figure uh, and it was Herschel Woody Williams passed away. He's uh, uh, at 98 years old. Now, the first paragraph in the article form that's uh, in the journal this morning, uh, I thought was a pretty good description of him. Herschel W. Woody Williams, the last remaining Medal of Honor recipient from World War II, whose heroics under fire over several crucial hours at the Battle of Iwo Jima made him a legend in his native West Virginia, died Wednesday. He was 98. And that doesn't do any of the justice talking about Woody Williams and uh, Hoppy yesterday, which you can always tune into Hoppy uh, right after Panhandle Live, Monday through Friday. He had you know a ton of people on talking about Woody yesterday, but uh, I grabbed a little bit of that conversation because I wanted to play because I think they do a pretty good job uh, really talking about who Woody Williams was and how big of a deal he was uh, for not just the state of West Virginia, but for the entire U.S. Ted Diaz is the Cabinet Secretary for Veterans Affairs in West Virginia and joins us on, Mr. on uh, Metro News Talkline. Mr. Secretary, good morning. Thanks for joining us. A sad day for, West, for veterans, for West Virginians, is it not? Yes, it is. 
and thank you, thank you for having me on. Uh, I wish it was under better circumstances, but I think I, I think I say for the entire state that we are all saddened by this, by this news today. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Woody was, first of all, there is the military aspect, the fact that he was heroic in uh, the South Pacific in World War II to the point where he received a Medal of Honor. That in and of itself puts him in a class almost by himself. Agreed? Absolutely. Uh, He has, in service, he distinguished himself above and beyond what, you know, what could have ever been asked of him. And he is truly the epitome of heroism. Ted Diaz is with us, uh, himself retired United States Navy hospital corpsman and is cabinet secretary for West Virginia Department of Veterans uh, Assistance. Also about Woody is after World War II and late in life, he continued to be a tireless advocate for veterans... for veterans affairs, for veterans issues. He was always there on behalf of veterans. And I'm sure you worked at your agency, worked closely with him. Yes, we have over, over the years, um, predating, predating my birth. <laughs> he has been involved in the veteran community. Um, I, after he discharged from the Marines, from active duty service in the Marines, Back in '46, um, he worked as a federal VA employee as a veteran service officer. He did that for 33 years, up until 1979. And he was a, you know, when he retired, he was a division chief. Uh, he supervised 44 veteran service officers. And then, even after that, he he felt the calling to continue serving veterans. He, uh, he began working for the, what used to be the West Virginia Division of Veterans Affairs. That was uh, prior to its uh, rising to cabinet-level uh, cabinet agency in the state. Um, he was, not many people know this, but he was the first director of our state veterans' home in Barbersville. Mm. And uh, he, he served honorably in that and was a advocate for five years in that position. He also personally was this really magnetic individual and I had talked to him a number of times and you'd be at an event where Woody would be there and there might be any number of other distinguished individuals and but you know what Woody stood out though he had this big smile he was very gregarious and everybody wanted to meet Woody and talk to Woody and Woody was happy to talk to everybody he was a very engaging Uh figure can you talk about his he, him personally as a human being? Personally, um, you know, I, I grew up idolizing the World War II generation in Huntington. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, people such as Woody, and you know, later in life, I got to know more about Woody and his his uh, his deeds, both in service and after service. Um, we ran around in the same circles. Prior to my coming home to West Virginia, um, you know, I worked in Veterans Affairs in Washington, D.C., and you know, we would see each other at uh, 
and uh, speak to each other at these uh, conferences across the country. And his his smile, like yeah. you said, yeah. his smile, his um, his attitude is just so engaging, and you can't help but love the guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I was just thinking that. I didn't want to be too, like, say, oh, I love Woody Williams. But, but he had that effect, like, oh, I love Woody Williams, just that he was that kind of a guy, uh, just – and also extremely humble, extremely humble, Fair. self-effacing. Um, I'll tell you yeah, this. I, uh, go, go ahead, Mr. Tucker. Go ahead. When I first, uh, right after I came home to West Virginia, um, he invited me out to uh, his his favorite restaurant out there in Milton, and you know, we would meet out there every, you know, every once in a while on a weekend and just just to catch up. And uh, he, he was a, more than a, a veteran's advocate and, and a hero. He was a good friend. Hmm. Ted Diaz, Cabinet Secretary for the West Virginia Department of Veterans Assistance on uh, the passing of uh, Woody Williams, uh, he always corrected me, by the way, Mr. Secretary. I would I would sometimes misspeak and say Medal of Honor winner, and he'd say, no, no, Medal of Honor recipient. I received the Medal of Honor. I didn't win anything. Right. He, he, would, he would catch me on that. So I was always careful Absolutely. to say Medal of Honor recipient. Mr. Secretary, uh, thank you for coming on today. I know he was a dear friend of yours, as he was to many West Virginians. I'm sorry for your loss, and uh, we'll, we'll continue our reflections this morning about the life and service of Woody Williams. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Hoppy. All right. Take care. So that was uh, from uh, Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchable yesterday talking about the uh, passing of Woody Williams. Um, and I was able to kind of find the backstory of him receiving that Medal of Honor. I thought that was very interesting, uh, what Hoppy said there at the end that, you know, he'd say, talking about winning the Medal of Honor. He's like, no, I didn't win anything. It's not a prize I would think anybody would want to win, uh, but he definitely received it. But uh, on the Medal of Honor website, it says he was quick to volunteer his services when our tanks were maneuvering vainly to open a lane for the infantry through the through the network of reinforced concrete pillboxes, buried mines, and black volcanic sands. Williams daringly went forward alone to attempt the reduction in and devastating machine gun fire from the unyielding positions. Facing small arms fire, William fought for four hours, repeatedly returning to prepare demolition charges and obtain flamethrowers. Can't even imagine. Can't even imagine going through something like that. Um, I'm sure Marsha would definitely probably have uh, something way more eloquent to say about it, but they're eloquent to say about it. But man, definitely lost the true hero in the passing of Woody Williams at 98 years old, the last remaining Medal of Honor recipient from World War II. And I was talking to Jared uh, Parsons a little bit earlier today, our uh, you know market manager, station manager, Jared. And he's from down Charleston Way, so he's definitely heard of Woody Williams before and probably met him a handful of times. And you know he said it's crazy. You know, Pretty much all those hero, war heroes are gone now, which is wild, wild to think about. Cause it's still, I feel like still World War II seems so fresh because... Uh, you know, you hear about it all the time. There's so many stories about people like Woody Williams, again, passing away at 98. And I'm sure Hoppy will still 
be talking about it a little bit today at TalkLine, which you'll hear at 10 o'clock here on WEPM and WCST. And then if you go over to WVMetroNews.com, there's all kinds of uh, stories and Hoppy's commentary about Woody. Very, very sad passing, but man, um, you know, this definitely has given me the opportunity to look into Woody Williams a bit. And what a man. What a guy he was. Not just for, you know, the state, but for the whole country. But uh, we do have to get to a break. We'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marcia is out for the morning. Before the break, uh, we were kind of talking about Woody Williams, who passed away uh, last surviving Medal of Honor recipient from World War II, passed away just yesterday. So we heard uh, a little bit of a snippet from Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchival. He had, you know, a couple people on talking about, uh, you know, their experiences with Woody and um, goodness. He sounds like he was quite, quite the guy. So make sure you can listen back to that a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But make sure you're heading over to PanhandleNewsNetwork.com because if you head over to the sports tab, Got a couple of Shepard articles up there uh, talking about some recent developments like they're adding or they have added three new members to the Shepard University Athletic Hall of Fame. Quarterback Chad Broadwater from the class of 98 uh, joined swimmer Eric Hutterly, class of 65, and tennis player Glenn Edwards of class 74. They're going to be the 36th class to be inducted into the Shepard Hall of Fame. Now Broadwater, uh, he was Shepard quarterback from 94 to 97. He ended up finishing his career as a program's all-time leader in pass completions, pass attempts, passing yards, passing touchdowns, and total offense. And he was a three-time all-Weviac uh, selection as well. I think uh, Tyson Bajan probably has snubbed him out of a few records uh, that he compiled throughout his career. Now, Edwards, four-year member, Shepard men's tennis team from 1970 to 74, finished his career with uh, a record of 35-13 and 13 out on the singles court. If you're watching Wimbledon right now, you know how tough it is to play singles. And uh, Serena, man, I wish she would have played a little bit better, but it's good to see her on the comeback trail anyways over there in Wimbledon. And finally, Hutterly was a member of the men's swimming team over at Shepard from 1960 to 62. Uh, he was a member of three Weviac championship teams for the Rams. Pretty good swimmer. He also went on to have a successful coaching career uh, in Western Colorado and Eastern Washington. But uh, So congratulations to them being uh, inducted as the 36th class into the Shepard Athletics Hall of Fame. And speaking of Shepard Athletics, Shepard football is uh, a little bit in the news right now as the CFB Network released their D2 preseason top 25 poll. Where do you think Shepard's at? One, two, three? No, they're actually down at six. They're at six here. Just missed now the top five of this uh, Division II preseason poll. At number one is Ferris State. Number two, Valdosta State. Number three, Grand Valley State. Number four, Colorado Mines. Number five, Northwest Missouri State. Shepard coming in at number six, which uh, I said in my article over at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. I find that a little surprising, especially since... Uh, the offense is coming back pretty strong. And yes, there are some question marks on defense with losing, you know, a lot of guys like Chris Lane and the bunch. Really, uh, the uh, the linebacker core uh, kind of well, everybody graduating and getting on out of there. But I still think six 
Might be a little bit of a, of a snub, but Shepard is the highest-ranked PSAC team in the poll. Cuts down to 13. Cal PA ranked at 19. And then locally, coming in at 25, Frostburg State, 25 uh, in the Division II preseason uh, top 25 poll, with this being their second, third, I think second full season uh, in Division II athletics and Division II football. So there you go. Shepard coming in at number six. Of course, Fair State, uh, the eventual national champions last year, but well, they are reloading a quarterback because I can't remember his name. Uh, the backup, but he's just as good as uh, Barnhart. Jared Barnhart, that was their quarterback, starting quarterback last year. Valdosta State down in Georgia. So, I mean, I mean, the names are there that you expect in the top five for a uh, Division II preseason football poll, except for Shepard, who comes in at number six. Now, after the break, uh, we're going to have new sports reporter here for WPM and WCST, Luke Wiggs, in uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, the uh, upcoming football season. He was able to catch up with Jefferson's or with uh, Spring Mills's coach, football coach, yesterday. So we'll hear about how they're looking coming up. But speaking of Jefferson, that's why that was on the mind. All area boys track and field results are out or selections are out. And uh, right there at the top of the list, Keyshawn Robinson from Jefferson uh, makes it for the 100 and the 200 meter dash. He is quick, quick, quick. Uh, And, well, that's translated over onto the football field as he's gotten a few offers. But he says, you know, in the article that Rick Kozlowski has over in the journal right now that, uh, you know, he's definitely holding out for those for more football offers, but wouldn't hate a few track offers. And those definitely seem to go hand in hand. So, yeah, congratulations to uh, everybody on the area boys track and field team. Isaiah Fritz, Justin Gottlieb, Noah Schapel. You have Cesar uh, Zillarello, apologies if I'm saying your name wrong, Cage Creel, uh, Chase Brown, Carson Malaski, Dominic Gagum, Jacob Barrick, Anthony Williams, and Julian Matthews all making the all-areas boys track and field team. But i got to get to a break. We'll be back with WEPM sports reporter Luke Wiggs here in a second on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST. Part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha is out for the morning, but alongside me is uh, new WPM sports reporter, Luke Wiggs. Luke, good morning. How you doing? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. How are you settling in now that you're, what, three days in, I guess? Yeah, now four. I'm a t- four days? Yeah. It, it, things get exciting down there in the basement, and I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> Happy to be a part of things uh, around here. That's the tough part, man. And I, because I would say just to come up here and take one of the desks up here, but the double edged sword is that then you're in and amongst the salespeople. Ooh, you so then, <laughs> yeah, because you know how that goes. But yeah, the dungeon uh, can be a little tough, but it does make you kind of sit there and work all day, which exactly. you can take that as you will. But speaking of which, we do have you out and about, and uh, we're starting to get geared up for football season. High school football season, as we know, in the state of West Virginia is just as big, if not bigger, than college and the pros. So uh, we're starting to gear up towards that, and you were able to catch up uh, with one of the coaches yesterday, weren't you? Yes, I was. Josh Sims over at Spring Mills. Uh, a, a really full conversation. we got some stuff we can play here in just a moment, but the Cardinals, to me, seem to be a barometer as how good the Eastern Panel is going to be from top to bottom this mm-hmm. year. You know how good 
good. Jefferson's going to be Martinsburg as well. Uh, coming into Spring Mills with not a lot of expectations because I didn't have a ton of foreknowledge, save I saw them one time mm-hmm. when I was doing stats for University High. But you see what they have coming back in the skill positions. You see that they've got depth on defense. Still some question marks, don't get me wrong. They've got some guys that can make some plays, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed the conversation I had with Coach Sims. The Josh Sims era begins at Spring Mills High School. The Cardinals went 4-6 and six last season, but Coach Sims says he still feels like the team is in a good place coming out of last season. You look at the 4-6 and, 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 and it doesn't look real pretty. But when you talk about some of the obstacles and the stuff we had to overcome to get to that 4-6, and six, you're pretty pleased at the, you know, those young kids have stepped up and, and now they're a year older. So... Uh, we, we feel pretty good. Offensively, Spring Mills will be paced by sophomore quarterback Max Anderson, who was able to see some playing time last year. Uh, necessity uh, put uh, Max as a freshman out there, uh, I believe starting around week five. Um, so he's definitely got some reps, and he, you know, he was composed last year with it. Uh, you know, did, uh, really didn't miss a beat for a kid that age. Flanking Anderson will be an arsenal of skill position players. Junior Alex Eaton figures to be the Cardinals' workhorse in the backfield, but keep an eye on last year's freshman phenom, Keon Mills, as well. We moved him to running back uh, last year, just you know trying some things out, and he actually you know he did pretty dang well. Had around 700 yards rushing, um, around three or 400 yards receiving, so over a thousand total yards. Uh, this year we'll probably move him back to his most natural position, which is receiver. Mills features in a stable of pass catchers as deep as any team in the Eastern Panhandle. Tristan Davis, Jason Shriver, Zach Bender, and Isaiah Gano will also all receive targets this year. However, Coach Sims feels like offensive line will prove to be the difference maker this season. Losing all five starters from a season ago, Spring Mills will turn to several new faces to keep defenders off their sophomore quarterback. Defensively, Coach Sims expressed that they've got a lot of options and can do many things on that side of the football. We have some good problems to have right now. Where we, we do have a lot of a lot of talent, you know, uh, running around at your corners and your receivers and your safety positions and running back positions. Um, so we may be able to, you know, get some guys going one way, which, you know, um, obviously helps in, in regards to durability and, and uh, guys being able to go, you know, 110 percent. But um, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll have some two-way players, of course, probably primarily up front. Um, but no, we'll, we'll be at a uh, one-way some guys as well. The Cardinals open up their season on the 26th of August against the Musselman Appleman at home. And you'll be able to catch a couple Spring Mills games here on uh, you know the airwaves of WPM and WCST. More information on that when it becomes available. But um, it is interesting with Spring Mills because they're still new. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they're still new here. So uh, you said they're kind of a barometer for the panhandle. It's interesting because it really is a mixing pot of you know, kids that would be going to these different schools if Spring Mills wasn't there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of youth on this team, not just in terms of their personnel, but Josh Sims. This is just his third season as head coach, the third coach in program history, which, by the way, it's the 10th year of the Spring Mills program. Uh, Two really bad seasons to begin the program, what you would expect, but then a lot of I would say regular season success. They get to the playoffs in six consecutive seasons. They win their first playoff game a couple of seasons ago. Obviously, they had their issues uh, during the pandemic, made the postseason uh, two years ago, but had to forfeit their first round playoff game. And then last year, four and six, you're one lucky bounce, one 
play one score away from being a playoff team at five and five again so uh, like I said this is a team that has a lot of skill on the outside they've got depth in the backfield they've got a sophomore quarterback and Max Anderson that we're going to be seeing uh, a lot of here over the next couple of years so as they go the eastern panhandle goes this is a six or seven win team you're going to see at least three if not maybe four teams as I get to talk to some of the other coaches out here how good they're going to be make the postseason from the panhandle and maybe create this as the epicenter of high school football. You've seen it in the past out here for baseball, mm-hmm. maybe some good basketball years, although you can only send two teams right. down to Charleston for the state tournament. But, you know, Charleston obviously is that powerhouse for football, put a lot of teams in every year. But the Panhandle can get three or four this year. You can get a really strong foothold to accent the Martinsburgs and the Jeffersons mm-hmm. with Spring Mills right there and maybe a fourth team that can rise up as well. Yeah, I think with, you know, the amount of people that are moving into the Panhandle every day, you know, new schools popping up, it's spreading that talent pool out a little bit more instead of where it's always kind of just been, you know, in you know, middle South Berkeley County and then with Jefferson and Jefferson County. So it definitely does keep the um uh, keeps the what am I looking for? The excitement up with these different schools like Spring Mills coming up and really starting to get their program going. And then you have, you know, their other programs like Lacrosse is so good over oh, there. Yeah. You know, soccer's so good up there now. Uh, and that is you know, it's gonna inherently play into the performance of the football players at some point when you got I mean you had Jared Barnhart quarterback for Fair State last year. He was the best lacrosse player to ever go through the University of Maryland and you saw how he just diced up defenses all the time and you know you bring those different skill sets in you know things change you got players doing what they got to do it'll be interesting but yeah uh, we'll have a big kind of uh, season preview for all the high schools coming up and uh, keep an eye out for that Luke will be doing that over on uh, panhandlenewsnetwork.com and over on uh, EP News Network on Twitter is where we're putting a lot of these stories up um, but yeah it's definitely it's getting exciting you can always tell when football season is coming around in West Virginia you start seeing a little bit more people wearing their high school you know I see a lot more Bulldog shirts around I'm seeing a lot more you know uh, Hedgesville Eagles shirts around and it makes it gets a little exciting around here I mean it's unbelievable when you think about it if you're just a football fan not just a fan of one of these high schools or whatever but you think about Thursday night football in the NFL and then you've got seven high schools out here uh, to choose from when it comes to your football Friday night then you've got the Mountaineers not to mention Shepard number Mm -hmm. six in the preseason poll you talked about that earlier Marshall fans if that's your fancy or Maryland's just down the road here as well Uh, and then you've got the Washington football team in Baltimore coming around on a Sunday Monday night football as well that that is a Sir, that is five days. Was it four or five days of nonstop Crazy. football? So you're just in a perfect cradle epicenter of football. But like you said, you talk about these other sports as well. Tracks so big out here, lacrosse yep. as well. You know, I'm coming over from Morgantown. I've said that before. It's a it's a basketball and football hungry town. But you kind of stop right there. Mm-hmm. Mild interest in baseball. You get out here to the Panhandle. There's something for everybody, and there's so many good athletes, so many good teams, and so many different programs that aren't just football and basketball. Yeah. With baseball as well, with track, with lacrosse, with soccer. I, I don't know how the average sports consumer in the Panhandle gets it done because there's so much to choose from but hopefully WEPM can be uh, a bit of a filter there to try to condense all of the sports knowledge into one place. Okay, now that we're expanding the sports team a little bit, we're definitely going to uh, have our tentacles, if you will, out and about all through the out the panhandle. Because like you said, Luke, uh, if you're a sports fan around here, there's really no reason for you to be bored. No way. And uh, well, speaking of which, you're coming from you know more central part of the state. How are your uh, sports Fan alliances match up with uh, you know the eastern part now that we're a little closer to Philly, DC, Baltimore. Does that line up with you at all? Any well, of your fanhoods? I have to say so. Yes, I am a massive, massive Washington Wizards fan. John there you Wall go. is the greatest underappreciated <laughs> athlete of all time, in my opinion. Save, Even though he only played like one season, exactly, and is still making exactly, millions exactly. of dollars. <laughs> he, he just got a forty-seven million dollar 
paycheck to not play for the Rockets, uh, which is fantastic. But uh, my sports allegiances lie in the city of St. Louis, where my dad's from, Cardinals and Blues, obviously a Mountaineer fan, so mm-hmm. I'll be talking a lot about that. Love the Raiders, which I know is weird, but they had a, uh, yeah. a bunch of Mountaineers when I started rooting for them. Of course, Dan Kroenke mm-hmm. and the Rams broke my heart when they moved out of St. Louis, so I needed a new team. And a soccer fan as well. We've talked about that. We'll try to bring a little bit of the Chelsea conversation, maybe talk some Premier League on some slower sports days, but I'm excited to get local television and not have to pay to watch Wizards games. That, 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 that's a... <laughs> That's a big thing for me coming out here to the Panhandle. I was talking to Jared literally about that uh, this this morning because uh, I moved down here from Cumberland, Maryland, out western part. So uh, I and I didn't buy cable when I first went out. Like Sling was just coming around, so I was like, "Yeah, let me try this." Right, it's cheaper. I can still get everything I need. Um, but I quickly found out that everything is blacked out. Right, <laughs> so I had to spend. I ended up spending double I would if I just had cable with all the different streaming services. But yeah, uh, we we'll, we got enough time to start working in being a you know. At least for me, a Nats fan, a, a Ravens fan. I mean, you're a Wizards fan. I'm a Knicks fan, so the parallels there are pretty simple. So that wouldn't be too much of a jump there if you wanted to uh, be a Knicks fan. Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> There's a lot of heartache that comes from being a Wizards fan, but rivaled only by that of the New York Knicks. <sighs> Goodness, don't I know that. That is for sure. But yeah, make sure you're keeping an eye out over at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. Click on that sports tab, uh, WPM Sports uh, in that tab. If you uh, want to find the more local stuff, uh, I'll be covering a lot of the high schools. I'll be doing a lot of the Shepherd stuff. Uh, we got, you know, Parker will be doing the Berkeley County or Berkeley Springs, Morgan County stuff. We we have you covered for everything. So make sure you check that out. I'm a little behind the eight ball here so with Marsha not in. She's usually uh, the one doing a little talking for me. That's for sure. <laughs> but we'll, uh, yeah, we got a lot of things planned here for. Uh, the sports department at WPM. So make sure you keep it tuned in for that. I'm going to get this song lined up. Uh, let people know you got social medias and stuff. Uh, how can people get in uh, touch with you, Luke? Yeah, I'm big on Twitter. That's the one I check the most. It's at Luke Wiggs four. That's W I G G S capital L capital W and the number four. You can find me there. Uh, I'll, I'll expand into the other social medias as time goes on, but Twitter's the place to be. Absolutely. And if you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But for Luke, I'm Jordan Ice Warner. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.